Well, good morning and welcome. It is so good to be with you here today. And if you're watching us online, I want to say uh, thanks for joining us as well. I want to encourage you as we begin today to just pause and take a very deep breath. Just to be present in the moment that we're in right here and right now. You see, we are uh, on this collision course with the end of the year. And uh, Christmas is supposed to be this time of joy and peace and celebration. But for many of us, because of our schedules and just because of the, the pace of life, it can feel anything but that. It can feel frantic and it can feel crazy and it can feel like sometimes we miss the intention. Uh, we miss the reason for celebrating all together. And so here we find ourselves uh, for the next little bit. I just want to encourage you to take a deep breath and to be present where you are right now. Not worried about the things that are on your to-do list and not worried about all of those other obligations that you have. Not worrying about the conflict that's going on behind the scenes in your life. But to truly be present right here and right now as we continue to lean in and learn more and more about our beautiful Lord and Savior, Jesus. You see, we've been in this series for several weeks now where we've been taking a look at these great expectations. We've been looking back at the Old Testament, that is the part of the Bible that happens before the birth of Jesus, and how these prophets would be telling about this coming Savior. They would be making these promises about what the Redeemer of the world would look like. And so in this series, we've been taking a look at how Jesus, through his birth and through his life here on earth, how he fulfills those promises that were made so long ago. At the time when the Bible was being written, especially the Old Testament, there was a very dark period. Uh, there was little hope. People were feeling oppressed. People were feeling uh, forgotten. People were feeling abandoned. And so Jesus and this Redeemer were promised to usher in hope, to bring light to the darkness. And so we're going to talk about how Jesus does just that. Through Scripture, God has always been pointing to one who is coming that would bring light, that would heal the broken, that would save so in this series, we look at how these Old Testament promises of this coming Messiah are fulfilled in the birth of Jesus. We've looked at these promises about him being king, about how the Old Testament pointed towards this Messiah, this coming chosen one, how he would be king and how Jesus fulfilled that. We talked about how he would rule with justice and righteousness. And last week, Nathan showed us how he did that. This week, we want to take a look at this idea that the Messiah, that is the chosen one, how the Savior of the world would come and he would come to heal. He would come to heal the sick. He would come to heal the broken. He would come to heal the disease that the world was inundated with. Today, our big idea is this. Jesus is the only one who can heal your hurt. 
You know, as a pastor, I end up talking a lot to hurting people. And when I'm hurting, there's a lot of things that I tend to run to. Maybe you can identify with some of this. If I'm hurting or someone in my immediate family is hurting, the very first thing my go-to is that I want to fix it, right? Any, anybody else there? It's like, hey, there's a problem, there's an issue, let's figure out how we can fix it. You know, as a guy, I try to figure out how I can fix or make right whatever is wrong, right? I go into full fixer mode, whether it's my daughters or whether it's my wife or whether it's the people around me. That's my go-to. It's like, hey, how can we fix this, right, when my family's hurting? Another thing that I run to is that I want justice. And we talked about this a little bit last week. But if, if someone has wronged me, if someone has wronged someone I love... I think they should pay, right? Just deep down, if, if I'm being honest, as they should have to make right what they've done wrong, right? And if I'm being real honest, the, the thing that I'm probably really looking for is some revenge. You've hurt somebody I love, you've hurt me, and now you should have to pay the price for it. And so I wanna fix it, I want justice, right? I want it to be made right. And lastly, I just want to feel better. See, conflict and all these things, they, they, they bring about these feelings. It's like, man, I just don't want to feel that way. And, and I just want to feel better. I need something that's going to distract me from the pain. Right? I might go and say, ah, man, I need a drink. I, I need, might need to buy something. I might just need somebody that's going to comfort me. I might go and look for anything that makes me feel better. And so when I'm hurting or the people who are around me are hurting, these are some of the things that in my brokenness that I sometimes will run to. These are my main coping mechanisms. Maybe I'm missing some that, that you use. But the sad thing is in all of this, nowhere in this list is Jesus. Right? He's not the first thing that I think of when dealing with some of my pain and dealing with some of my hurt and dealing with the things that are happening in my family. These are the things I tend to run to. And sometimes God can become in my life and in maybe yours, I don't know, a last resort. After we've tried everything else, after we've tried to fix it ourselves, after we've tried to get justice for those things after we've tried to numb the pain to make us feel better. God knew that this world needed a healer. And we looked out at this world and he saw everything that it was dealing with. He saw all of the problems. It's part of the promise that he offers up for this promised savior that he would send. It's part of the hope that he would provide. Today, we're going to see how the prophets pointed to a coming healer and how Jesus fulfills those promises. Today, in the Old Testament, we're going to start in the book of Isaiah. And so if you've got your Bible and you want to turn to Isaiah chapter 61, 
love it when, uh, when you bring your Bibles. You can also pull it up uh, on your phone app if you've got it there. We've got free Bibles at the Hub if you'd like to grab one. Uh, we would love for you to have a copy of God's Word. Isaiah was a prophet to the people of Israel. In the Old Testament, these are God's chosen people, the nation of Israel, the people of Israel. We talked uh, in week one about how this comes from the family of Abraham, the family of Jacob, and uh, this nation of Israel are made up of his 12 sons and the 12 tribes that they make. But anyway, Isaiah is a prophet. That means that Isaiah is a spokesperson. God speaks to Isaiah, and then Isaiah would speak to the people. And the book of Isaiah is divided up into two parts. Chapter 1 through 39 is all about how God is going to send vengeance out on the people of Israel. See, the nation of Israel is in a time when Isaiah is being written around 700 BC where they had forgotten about God. They were worshiping false gods. They were neglecting the poor. They were living a lifestyle that was unbecoming of the people of God. And so in the first half of Isaiah, chapters 1 through 39, Isaiah tells about how God is going to judge Israel and how Isaiah tells about how God is raising up these armies and these neighboring countries and how they're going to come in and Israel basically is going to fall. And all the people are going to be exiled out to these foreign lands, okay? And so the first part of Isaiah's book is bad news. Right? Hey, you've sinned, uh, you're, you're not doing what you're supposed to, you've forgotten about your first love, God, and this is the punishment that's coming. But the second half of Isaiah is a promise. The second half of Isaiah is all about how God one day was going to send a redeemer that would heal Israel. How one day God was going to send someone that was going to make everything right, that would would call all of Israel back and make it whole again. And so, in Isaiah chapter 61, verses 1 and 2, we get a little bit of this promise. It says, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me. Because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn. Now, it's easy at first glance to see that and read that and to think that Isaiah is speaking in the first person. That is that Isaiah is saying, hey, this is me. God sent me to do these things. He says, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me. He's anointed me and set me apart to proclaim good news to the poor. 
God has placed his spirit upon Isaiah. He sent him to proclaim this message of hope, right? Bind up the brokenhearted, freedom for the captives, release the prisoners. Another way to translate that would be to uh, release from darkness the blind, to comfort all who mourn. But these are not the things that Isaiah was promised to do. No, these are the things that our promised Savior will do. Not Isaiah the prophet, but the promised Son of God. You see, in Luke chapter 4, if you want to skip ahead, I know we're going Old Testament to New Testament, but I think you can stick with me. In Luke chapter 4, Jesus is beginning his ministry He's been baptized and he spends 40 days in the wilderness, much like the nation of Israel spent 40 years wandering through the wilderness. And now Jesus is going to embark on his public ministry in the gospel of Luke. And so in Luke chapter 4, verses 15 through 21, we pick up with Jesus coming into Nazareth, his hometown, to begin his ministry. Check out what it says here. It says, He was teaching in their synagogues, and everyone praised him. He went to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and on the Sabbath day he went into the synagogue, as was custom. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of the sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll And gave it back to the attendant. And he sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. He began by saying to them, Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Jesus walks into the synagogue in the town where he grew up. He has a scroll handed to him. So the book of Isaiah, where we just read, he opens it up and he skims through and he finds Isaiah chapter 61 and he begins to read. And then he rolls up the scroll and he hands it back and he says, I'm him. That's me. Everything that's talked about in here is being fulfilled right now before your eyes because I'm that guy. At my house, we're big sports fans, and uh, there's a new kind of a celebration that's going on where a guy does something or a girl does something, mostly guys that I watch, uh, football, basketball. And the saying is, I'm him. 
right? Where, where a, a guy does something spectacular out on the sports field and basically he wants to let everyone around him know that whoever you think the best is, whoever you think the champion is, whoever you think, it, like, I'm that guy. And that's what Jesus is doing here. He, he's declaring to everyone, uh, whatever you think this prophecy is about, whoever you think it's talking about, maybe you think it's Isaiah, maybe you think it's Elijah, maybe you think that it's uh, Moses. I don't know who you think this is talking about, but it's me. Jesus declares for his hometown, I'm the one you've been waiting for. Look at what Jesus promises to bring. He proclaims to bring good news to the poor. And no matter how much money or stuff you have, without Jesus, we are all poor in the things that matter. We're broken when it comes to identity and purpose. And when it comes to eternal things, Jesus brings good news to the poor. You have to remember that uh, when this was being written, the people that were living in Nazareth, they were being oppressed by a Roman government. They feel like that uh, the religious leaders of the time had forgotten about them. Everyone was neglecting the poor. And so there was a message of hope for those who felt like they didn't have the things that everybody around them had, that were suffering, that were struggling. But I want you to know that it's just not monetary things that we can be poor in. We can be poor in love and in compassion. And Jesus comes to heal and bring good news to the poor. Proclaim freedom for the prisoners. Here's the truth. We are all trapped in a prison of sin and shame without Jesus. Jesus has come to set us free from this prison. Jesus, Jesus brings hope to those who feel trapped and isolated. To those of us who are prisoners of the sin, Jesus offers freedom. You see, we all have this sin problem. Some of us are bound in it uh, in, in ways that uh, are unimaginable. And Jesus came to bring freedom. No matter how good you think you are, no matter how much good you feel like you've done, here's the truth. Without Jesus, we are all prisoners to sin. Jesus comes to bring recovery of sight for the blind. Here's the truth. Without Jesus, we are all living in darkness. We can't see the joy and the hope that's all around us without having our sight restored. Jesus came to heal. Jesus came to open the eyes of the blind. Hurt and pain takes many forms. And Jesus came to set oppressed people free. Similar to feeling like in prison, some of us feel like the world is out to defeat us, that around every corner we faith face opposition. Jesus through his Jesus through Jesus we receive victory. Through Jesus we receive strength. 
No one holds us down. No one is going to oppress us when we have been set free through the power of Jesus. Like I said, hurt and pain, they take many forms. Some of us came here tonight, came here this morning feeling this burden, this oppression, feeling trapped, feeling poor, feeling like a prisoner, feeling like we have this physical pain or this limitation that will never go away. And Jesus come to set us free. Jesus is the only one who can heal your hurt. See, no matter what you're dealing with, no matter what you're going through, most of us tend to run through the things that we talked about at the beginning. We want to fix it. We want to make it right. We want to feel better. And all those things are temporary. Jesus came to bring true freedom by bringing good news, by releasing us from captivity, by restoring our sight, by setting us free. Mary, the mother of Jesus, had a lot going on when we read about the birth of her son Jesus in the Gospel of Luke. First, she had an angel come and share with her the news that she was going to give birth to the Savior of the world. I mean, just imagine trying to take that in. This young virgin girl learns that she is going to have this miraculous pregnancy and that she is going to bring in to the world hope, a Savior, the promised Messiah, the one that everyone had been talking about. And so after traveling to visit with her cousin Elizabeth that was said to also have a miraculous pregnancy, Mary sat down and recorded a song or a poem. And Nathan shared a little bit of this last week with you, but I want you to hear this poem, this song of Mary through the lens of the broken and hurting world that she was living in. Imagine the oppression. Imagine the brokenness of this young girl living in this region in a time of darkness. And this is what Mary said. My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, for he has been mindful of the, tr- of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all gener- generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. 
He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. If you listen to her words, you can see some patterns. She says, he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant, lifted the humble, filled the hungry with good things and proclaimed the promise of Jesus to heal. See, Mary comes and she writes this song and you can tell that she all around her has seen mighty powerful men rule while everyone else suffers and struggles. She's seen the rich elevated while the poor are forgotten. She's seen her nation be ruled over by outside entities. And her song says, God has not forgotten me. God has remembered me and God is sending through me a savior just like he promised. Jesus is the only one who can heal your hurt. See, in a time of brokenness and in a time when the world was maybe at its darkest moment, you have to realize that from the time that the Old Testament was written till Jesus came on the scene, there was 400 years of silence. 400 years of no prophecies or promises from God about the coming Messiah. And so they were just living in this time where it was really easy to think that maybe God has forgot us. But Mary knows that the time has come and that God has remembered and that God is going to bring about healing. Look, Jesus didn't come to heal all of our physical pain. Jesus went around earth and he healed people, but the reason that he did was always to solidify his message of hope and salvation that he wanted to bring. If Jesus came with the sole purpose of healing all of our physical pain, then he failed because there was lots of people that were there when Jesus was on earth and have come later that have not received physical healing. Now, Jesus came to do something much, much greater. Jesus came to heal us, not of a temporary problem, but of a eternal one. Jesus came to heal us of the sin issue that we have here on earth. No matter what you might be dealing with here on earth, I want you to know that it is a temporary problem. It may not feel like that in the moment, and it may not feel like that right now where you're sitting, but I want you to know that the pain and the hurt that you are dealing with is not forever. Maybe you're dealing with the recent loss of a loved one. 
maybe someone you know, or maybe you yourself is battling cancer. Maybe you're dealing with addiction or someone you love just cannot seem to break that hold. Maybe you're dealing with anxiety or financial problems or heartache or loneliness or depression. Whatever it is that you're dealing with, whatever it is that you're sitting here and that you're going through, I want you to know it's not eternal. That Jesus came to heal And I know that these things may feel like that they're never going to end. And you may feel like that you're never going to recover from them. But Jesus came to bring healing in this life and the one to come. Here's the truth. That all of us without Jesus have this eternal sin problem. Paul tells us that there is no one among us that is righteous, not even one. That all of us fall short of the glory of God. But there is good news. I love this passage, Romans 6, 23. It's a bad news, good news passage, much like the book of Isaiah where it points out all the problems and then it gets to the hope. Isaiah 6, or Romans 6, 23 does the same thing. Paul tells us, he says, for the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. You know, we give gifts at Christmas because we've been given the greatest gift of all time. The wages of sin is death. The thing that we deserve is death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. When you're feeling hurt and wounded, where do you go for healing? Is it a friend? Is it an escape? Do you get lost in your feelings or turn to some kind of a substance? Do you run into the arms of Jesus, your Savior, your healer? I want you to know that if you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, if you've never come to a saving relationship with Jesus, man, I would love to talk to you about that. I would love to be able to help you in your journey to find hope and healing through our Savior, Jesus. The gift of God is eternal life. And so if you're watching us online or if you're here today and you want to email me, it's really easy. It's ksmith at thewocc.com. We'll throw it up on the screen. You can come down here and talk to me after service. But uh, this Christmas... The greatest gift that we will ever be given is our Lord and Savior, Jesus. We've got hurts and brokenness that we need healing from, and Jesus is the only one that can bring it. All uh, series long, we've been encouraging you throughout the week to read through one of the Psalms. The Psalms are these songs or poems that were written and they, and they bring hope. And a lot of them point to the coming Messiah. That is Jesus who's coming into the world. In Psalm 147, that's the one, you can write that down if you want. Psalm 147 is the one that we would encourage you to read through this week with us. But I just want you to hear this little excerpt from Psalm 147. The Lord builds up Jerusalem. He gathers the exiles of Israel, he heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. 
See, the psalmist is talking about that time when Jerusalem had been scattered like Isaiah had predicted. But it also points to the promise that they would be reunited and that they would be brought back together. That the Lord was gonna do this miraculous thing through Israel. He was gonna heal the brokenhearted and reunite them and bind up their wounds. And like the people of Jerusalem, you might be feeling broken. You might be feeling abandoned. You might be feeling like that you're hurting this Christmas like never before. And I want you to know that the only healing that we're going to find in life is not through shopping and it's not through uh, anything else that this world has to offer. It's only through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He's the reason that we celebrate this. He's the reason that we celebrate all year long. Jesus is the only one that can heal your hurt. Would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for today. I thank you so much for your son, Jesus, who brings us hope, who brings us healing, God. I pray for these people, all of us who are here today, because there's so much hurt, there's so much pain, God, there's so much brokenness. And we pray for the healing that only your son, Jesus, can bring. It's in Jesus' name that we pray, amen.